Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, I'm so excited because we're going to be talking about kind of two subjects. We're going to be talking about how my guest took an idea, he saw a need, and he has turned it into a fabulous company. And so we're going to talk about kind of how, you know, that that came about. We're also going to be talking a little bit about these people who have now become these digital nomads, the folks who are thinking, I don't need a house anymore. I can live wherever I have internet. So please join me in welcoming Jim Phelan to our program today. Welcome, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Deb. Thank you so much for having me on. Great, great. Well, you're actually in your your office right now. You're not out in, in your Airstream, which I That's love. Um, and so, you know, uh, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Airskirts founder Jim Phelan started his career as a software engineer and CTO. Jim co-founded Stream 57, an online webcasting platform, which was sold to Westcorp in 2009. Following that successful exit, Jim headed multiple tech startups and served as VP Architecture at West Entrado Corporation. After selling his home in Brooklyn, New York, and most of his possessions in 2016, Jim began living and traveling full-time in his Airstream travel trailer. Airskirts was invented to serve a real-world problem that Jim faced, how to avoid freezing pipes and wasted energy while camping in cold weather. After using his invention solely for personal use, he was asked by other campers and friends to share the product commercially, and Airskirts was born. So again, Jim, welcome. Thank you so much. Great, great. Well, I always like to ask my guests to tell us a little bit more about how they got to where they are today. So how is it that you discovered that, at least for now, this is your mission in life? So that's a great question, Deb. Um, You know, I I think I have a long uh, history doing computer software. That was sort of my bread and butter for a long time, um, working in startups, uh, being entrepreneurial in what I did. the one thing that always excited me that I never had an opportunity to do was to build a physical product and sell it, something I really believed in and cared about. Um, and it just wasn't, it's not that it wasn't in my skill set, but it's, I, I didn't know what to build and sell. So, and I wasn't going to build something for nothing for no reason. Um, Airskirts started really uh, because I was doing that digital nomad mm-hmm. lifestyle that I think we're going to talk about and you alluded to. Um, where I was working, um, you know, contract jobs, programming, kind of you can be anywhere to do that. And I would find myself back in Connecticut, where I grew up, mm-hmm. um, visiting family often over the holidays. And of course, I would bring my travel trailer with right. me and it would be cold. Very um, cold. And, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and um, people have this concept that RVs 
aren't really for cold weather use. And it's just not true. You just need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we have a, a very broad audience here. Maybe some people have been in RVs, others haven't. So uh, I'll just quickly explain that an RV um, can either be you know, motorized, uh, something like a bus or a travel mm-hmm. trailer or a fifth wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them are really any structure where air can get underneath. You have a potential problem with freezing pipes right. and with energy dissipating and mm-hmm. flowing out. So um, I started the business um, really after I created the product. I, I think it was a year or two before I commercialized it because I really just built it for personal use. Mm-hmm. And that's because I really just didn't like the other solutions out there. So mm-hmm. that that was kind of how we got started. And I know there's probably more to unpack in your question, mm-hmm. but I think that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's funny, I come from Colorado and, and you know, obviously cold was was a problem. And and I grew up seeing hay bales that people put around their trailers, right? You know, and, and that's actually really good insulation, but not very pretty and certainly not portable. Um, yes. you know, and unless you've got horses, you know, or whatever, and you're like, okay, here, we're just gonna feed from this. But um, you know, I do have a lot of friends who travel. With their RVs, I've actually got some family members that have been doing this. They've been living the RV life for almost five years. And that is one of their chief complaints is not only that there is so much uh, heat dissipation, it's also a problem in the summer. But it's just kind of ugly to be looking under there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and so what I love, though, is that, you know, from from a marketing perspective, we are always told, find someone's pain and fix it. I mean, that's truly what, what you're supposed to be doing. And you did. But, you know, it's it, it just interests me. So how, you know, when you did it just kind of for yourself, what materials and, and things did you use? So when I did it for myself, it was very preliminary. Um, The product has gone through a lot of iterations Mm -hmm. since then. I didn't bring it to market until I was confident that it worked really well and Mm -hmm. worked for a variety of different Mm -hmm. trailers, not just for Airstreams, but for all manner of fifth wheels Mm -hmm. and class A's and all that sort of stuff. Um, You know, in terms of... you know, doing it for myself and what helped that mature into a business. I, I think one of the big things is really that, that I had the opportunity to do that I think a lot of businesses don't is to field test the product for like two years on my right. own, mm-hmm. which was really nice and really refine it and start to put in some of the pre-work up front. Mm-hmm. Um, also having a background in computer software and marketing, I was able to build a lot of the stuff on my own. So mm-hmm. Airscores is actually 100% bootstrapped. We haven't taken any outside capital. We're starting to do that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I'm not quite sure if I answered your question, but I think, you know, that's a start, hopefully. Yeah. You know, and and you, as we said, you you took this need and you filled it, Um, you know, and so just put on your marketing hat for a second and tell us how a kit works so that people can start formulating this in their in their minds. Yeah, sure. So maybe I'll start with what the alternatives are. Okay. So uh, you the bales of hay, bales. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> bales of hay are are probably the worst alternative, and there's a couple of <laughs> reasons for that. Um, the biggest reason is that with a bale of hay, um, you're so when you're creating a skirt, you're mm-hmm. you're trying to trap the warm air in mm-hmm. or the cold air. Um, our skirts we actually right. recommend people use in the summer as well. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to prevent it from dissipating, so your pipes right. don't freeze and you don't lose mm-hmm. all that energy. Hay works great for that, like mm-hmm. you alluded to, because mm-hmm. it's you know it's just a big mm-hmm. piece of insulation effectively. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is hay gets warm and wet. Right. Um, 
It's also super unportable. And it attracts uh, critters. The critters are the big one, yes. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of problems with hay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a lot of other people do is they'll build something out of styrofoam and tape mm-hmm. it together and kind of meticulously cut everything. And that's Not so portable. pretty. It's an eyesore. <laughs> uh, a lot of campground owners don't like it. It's also pretty wasteful, right? You're throwing all this stuff away right. because it's not portable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the the kind of the main option or what most people do is they will drill. They'll Ooh. either have someone come professionally do this or they'll do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And they'll drill, you know, up to a hundred holes in their trailer, which I was Yikes. not about to do with my new $100,000 mm-hmm. Airstream. Mm-hmm. And they'll snap on a, you know, a thin piece of vinyl that goes around the base. Um, and then have, they'll stake it down or weigh it down. There are a number of problems with this solution as well. Um, but just none of those things were appealing to me. So, you know, putting on my marketing hat, um, you know, I created this just kind of as a solution to a pain point that I had, mm-hmm. never thinking that I really intended to commercialize it. But when I, when I did get enough people being like, why aren't you selling these? Mm-hmm. Um, I really had to think about, okay, well, what is the message we need to send here? And one thing that you brought up, Deb, is portability. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one for uh, one portion of our customer base, right. which is people like mm-hmm. travel nurses, mm-hmm. ski bums. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have some people who do hunting trips. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who work on oil fields or nuclear mm-hmm. power plants. They're moving around all the time. Right. So portability is super important mm-hmm. to them. Uh, but for almost everyone, not having to drill holes into your trailer is also mm-hmm. huge. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, of course, our solution like hay bales offers a, a big barrier of insulation. Mm-hmm. So Trapped air is a great natural insulator, right. and our product is inflatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably one thing I should have mentioned earlier is is the means by which this product works. So mm-hmm. it's a series of tubes that go under the trailer. Mm-hmm. They inflate, and they just pinch themselves in place. Okay. So you have this, uh, you asked about material. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tarpaulin PVC. So that's a, a mesh canvas mm-hmm. that's coated in PVC. It's really, really heavy duty. It's mm-hmm. very similar to what a Zodiac boat is made out of or an inflatable Okay, so kayak. very durable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I've actually had a customer come over. Uh, I'm at a, a local RV park and there's a lot of these, uh, you know, set up there. Obviously, it's kind of my home RV park. And I've actually gone and, and taken my pocket knife out and made the customer very nervous. But to demonstrate how sturdy they are, I just sort of stabbed at the tube with my very sharp pocket knife <laughs> just to show them. Um, but yeah, going back to the marketing hat, it's, it's a lot about, okay, so we have this idea. Um, I I've now, uh, you know, originally I prototyped it. I had to build that out into an actual scalable model for building these things. Um, and then how do you position and put this in front of people in, in a way that the, it's, it's going to snap and they're going to get it really quickly. Right. Now you Deb got it pretty intuitively because you had seen these hay bales before. Um, and I looked at of, your videos. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I think our videos do a good job. Um, and, and, and the response to that has just been tremendous. So people who get it intuitively, it sells itself because mm-hmm. if you get it intuitively, you already know what the problem is. You probably already struggled with it. Mm-hmm. And if you were to do a deep dive into YouTube, I don't recommend that you do this because it'll stress you out mm-hmm. and see all different manner that people try to accomplish what air skirts accomplishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is utter chaos. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are people doing hay bales and styrofoam board and packing up heaps of snow and bags of leaves and all sorts of dangerous and unpredictable and uh, potentially damaging to the RV solutions. Um 
So it's just about capturing that message and being like, hey, we have something super portable. It's more efficient and effective. Um, it has resale value, which none of these other products ah. have, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't reuse any of these other things. You're damaging right. your trailer rather mm -hmm. than improving it. Um, and it's just like, how do we capture that message and get it out to people? And I think mm -hmm. we've been pretty effective at doing that. I think mm -hmm. one thing your listeners might be curious about, and one thing that I'm, you know, I'm curious about too, because I don't quite know the answer is, how do we reach the people who don't yet know that this is a mm -hmm. problem, right. right? That they're going to run into. And that has a lot to do with how we fulfill orders mm -hmm. and, you know, pre-stock inventory and all that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. Right. Um, so marketing hat on, they're going from a concept and a mm -hmm. prototype to a commercially viable product. There is just, it's a real heavy lift. Mm -hmm. But once you get there, it's just so rewarding, um, mm -hmm. especially when people come back and, you know, they set their kid up for the first time. And they call somebody on, this, on my staff or they call me mm -hmm. and they say, oh, my God, I put it on. I woke up, it was warm in the trailer. My feet were warm, which is a big thing for a lot of right, people. Apparently yeah, yeah. that mm -hmm. never really occurred to me that people care about how warm their feet are, but mm -hmm. my feet were warm. My pipes weren't frozen. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, that is just the coolest feeling mm -hmm. because when I was doing computer software, I didn't really often have customers call me and go, wow, you just improved the quality of my life. <laughs> You know, like it, was, it just wasn't a thing. We were building computer software that was primarily used by pharmaceutical companies. And I were we improving anybody's life? Maybe downstream at some mm -hmm. point? Probably not. Uh, right. But you yeah, know, you weren't getting those calls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we weren't getting those calls. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, I, I've looked at the, the videos on your website, and it really is just a series of tubes and mm -hmm. people order to, to custom fit. And the, the nice thing about RVs it seems like there's a whole bunch of different sizes, you know, to the people who are just driving, but there's really not, um, yeah. you know, and, and so that's, that's kind of the, the easy way to do it is, you know, you just order, you know, it's, it's like puzzle pieces, yes. you figure out what size works, you know, and, and you put it in, you know, and uh, it was, it, it's kind of one of those things where when I looked at it, I went, well, duh. <laughs> you know? And, but isn't it that way with a lot of things where we, nobody does it. And then when somebody does it, we all go, oh, well, hey, that's <laughs> why hasn't somebody done this before? Well, it's so interesting that you say that because, you know, and I, I, so my brother, who's a partner in the business has a, he has a real, like a manufacturing, engineering, industrial background. Um, and we, for for a year or so, or for two seasons, we brainstormed. We're like, how do we do this better? Because I was doing the styrofoam thing, taping boards together. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and, and this will go back to your point, the well dove point. Mm -hmm. um, I was sitting in my trailer one day. I knew it was going to get cold soon. I did not want to go down to the hardware store and spend a weekend taping together styrofoam again. Mm -hmm. And I sort of jokingly said to myself, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I just put a bunch of balloons under there? Mm -hmm. And then I thought about it for a minute and I was like, Oh, that is it so actually obvious. kind of yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let me let me go online, find out who already makes this, and buy it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, I was ready to just buy it, mm -hmm. and I was just shocked that it didn't exist. Right. So I made it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's those things that are just so deceptively mm -hmm. simple, which are I think what are so attractive about like mm -hmm. inventions that really draw us in. Mm -hmm. um, and another another cool thing about you know there are so many cool side effects of this design that weren't really intended to be features but ended up being features like the insulation capabilities and that stuff but uh another one that that i find really fun is that it looks really cool and it's mm -hmm. really like a captivating especially image. with an airstream i'll be you know with that that's kind of yeah. cool i mean all that silver <laughs> yeah. 
pulling into an RV park and setting up, I would say 50% of people walking by mm-hmm. stop to talk to right. me and ask, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we I've actually set them up before and the person right next to me is like, oh, can I buy those right now? Like, so it's it's just such a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there's there's uh there, there's a lot to the oh duh moment is it makes me feel good to think that we solved that oh duh mm-hmm. moment, right? right? Like it's it's really rewarding. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of go through, okay, you've had this idea because, you know, there are a lot of people who think I've invented the latest, greatest thing, but then I don't know what to do. So, you know, you mentioned creating prototypes. And so once you discovered, hey, this really does seem feasible, then what? Well, okay, there's a lot to unpack there. So, um, well... I th- there are things I would do differently. That's to be sure. I went into this not knowing much about manufacturing, warehousing, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, man, there are so many parts and answers to that question. Let me think where to start. Uh, really, you know, building, like figuring out who you're going to sell the product to, I think is the is where you need to okay. start, right? Like right. who is my mm-hmm. audience? Mm-hmm. And then how do we reach them? Those are the two big questions. Mm-hmm. And the way that we did that, uh, and it was just me to start, me and my brother, mm-hmm. is to obviously we created all the marketing assets mm-hmm. and collateral and the brand and the website and the e-commerce engine. We made a decision early on that we were not going to start going through a distribution model that we're going to sell direct to consumer. Mm -hmm. Um, Those were a lot of the pre-choices that we needed to make. Mm -hmm. Having a background in software, I did a lot of pre-work just to be ready. Okay. So I I put a lot of faith into the idea that this was going to work Mm -hmm. and did a ton of pre-work integrating various systems. So everything from customer relationship management to something called dynamic phone number insertion Mm -hmm. to working on marketing strategies like search engine optimization Mm -hmm. and pay-per-click advertising uh, and then operationalizing like documenting all of the operational procedures that we go through and making sure that they're adhered to mm-hmm. doing everything else that goes into a small business, like hiring people, doing and payroll the, and the legal and aspects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think part of the question was, how do you get started? So how do you take it from that idea to mm-hmm. something that's commercially available? Um, there's just a lot to it. And I, I think for me, what worked out well for me is I had the flexibility uh, to take something and really spend my time with it mm-hmm. um, and invest my own capital. Uh, I know that doesn't work for everybody. If you right. have that opportunity, mm-hmm. I think it's such a cool solution, mm-hmm. right? Like this company, uh, we will be doing a fundraising round, which is really exciting, but it'll mm-hmm. be our first. So there's the company hasn't been diluted at all at this point. So um, for folks that are able to bootstrap, and do some of this work on their own and outsource some of the work to, you know, potentially lower cost people uh, and and try just to improve incrementally on things later. I would highly, highly recommend that uh, mm-hmm. when it's not feasible, then you have to find people. Every business is about people. You know that as well as I do. Um, so you have to find people that can take these ideas and start to run with them. And And, and I think the people that I brought on um, more than anything else I did. Uh, that was the most valuable part mm-hmm. of getting this thing off the ground was getting the right people to help. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it is, you know, 
pretty easy to find who you're marketing to. I mean, this is a, a pretty finite product. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's only going to RV owners. I mean, you know, so that's, you know, and, and even at that, it's probably not going to, well, maybe, you know, it could be going to the people who, who are vacationing, but it's not an inexpensive product. Right. You know, so the, the people who take their RV out maybe once or twice a year might not be looking at, at something like this. So this is for the, the people who, as you said, are, you know, they're, they're uh, remote working in, in a variety of places. They're the digital nomads, um, you know, who are, who just went, yeah, I, you know, I can work anywhere. I have internet. So I'm, I'm just going to do that. So it is people who are long-term users of their, their RVs. Um, so that, I'm sure that helped with the marketing, but then, as you said, it's, it's how in the heck do you reach those people? You know, yeah. so, so talk us through some of those conversations. And, and sure. So the I, I think in terms of the market size, so I think there's something like 11 million RVs in the U.S. So we have a lot of RV owners. Right. It's very integral to our culture. Um, similar in Canada, not very similar in a lot of the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly there are RVs in the rest of the world, but I don't think but it's it's, it's a North American thing. Mm-hmm. It really it's very core to our culture. You go out mm-hmm. west in the country, you just you know, being from Colorado, mm-hmm. you know this. There's just RVs everywhere. Oh, I grew up with KOA campgrounds everywhere. Right? Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, so I'm I'm trailing off from the original question a little bit, I think. <laughs> so I might right. need you to steer me back on course. But um, you know, in terms of you know segmenting that audience down mm-hmm. and figuring out how do we market to the right people, mm-hmm. um, the first thing that we do is market to the people who are already looking for the solution. Okay. And in our case, mm-hmm. that was a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people just going on the web and searching RV skirt or mm-hmm. RV camper skirt or right. how do I camp in cold weather? Yeah, that, that's a good SEO thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So between SEO and PPC right there, we're reaching a huge amount of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the for us, really, the first year that we did this was the proving year. We got the early adopters on board. Mm-hmm. Um, we did quite a bit more business than I expected, mm-hmm. considering nobody had ever used the product before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I bring this up is the absolute best way that we can get new customers and have new people learn about our product is through word of mouth. Right. Um, so either word of mouth, uh, we get a tremendous amount of interest from social media. So people mm-hmm. sharing their experiences on mm-hmm. social media, particularly Facebook groups, which mm-hmm. are very popular with the RV community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing, so, so that's how you tap into people that already know they need your product. Mm-hmm. And the big question for me, and one I don't have a great answer to is how do I tap into people that don't know they need the product? And right. you mentioned, uh, okay, well, we have a lot of these Weekend warriors, mm-hmm. I think the average RV owner uses our RV three or four weeks out of the year, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think the answer to that is there, there is some portion of those people uh, who would like to use it right. more. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's a part of the air skirt story is, is not only is it for people who live in their RVs full time or work and travel full time, mm-hmm. but what about people who just want to extend their camping season a little mm-hmm. bit longer, right. you know, maybe into October, November, mm-hmm. um, and just have access to their camper and, mm-hmm. you know, continue having that outdoor fire. Maybe it's a little bit frostier. They go mm-hmm. back into the warm RV with the air skirts on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other markets as well. So mm-hmm. a- another interesting market uh, that I just found is uh, people who are in disaster relief organizations. Oh, because mm-hmm. what happened in 
uh, a lot of the wildfires that have happened and, and other natural disasters is people were immediately displaced from their homes. Mm-hmm. RV ownership being what it is, a lot of these people already had RVs. Um, mm-hmm. Oregon comes to mind uh, because uh, that's one group that right. I'm working it's, with. They just moment, do that. It's all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but then these people are like, okay, well, you know, this terrible thing happened to me. My house burnt down or I, I can't go back into my neighborhood. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to get in my RV. And they learn that all of a sudden they're going through hundreds of pounds of propane a month and their right. pipes are frozen and they don't have running water mm-hmm. and they throw their hands up in despair and say, this isn't going to work. What mm-hmm. am I going to do? I don't have another option. Right. Um, and I only bring that up because there are all these little niche markets didn't mm-hmm. even occur to me at first another one's mm-hmm. the movie industry if you go oh, to a movie true. Set, yeah they have their trailers all on trailers. set that's mm-hmm. all trailers everything is a trailer and um, the starlet doesn't like her feet getting cold she doesn't <laughs> and she probably wants running water too so um yeah a lot of it is just you know so there's there's how do you reach the people that already know they need the product mm-hmm. how do you reach the people that the product would add value to their life mm-hmm. and they don't know that it exists or mm-hmm. that it's even possible and then how do you find markets where you didn't even know the product would work mm-hmm. um and that's that's kind of the phase that i'm at right now is mm-hmm. uh, there are other people who need this that i don't even know need it yet i as a business owner don't know that they need right. it so there are certainly people that don't know that they need it so it's a continual process. Mm-hmm. It's just learning more and figuring out how do we reach these people. Mm-hmm. So another example of that is people who work um, in oil fields. Right. Uh, there are a large number of these people who mm-hmm. travel from site to site in their RV, mm-hmm. and then they go home for six months out of the year, and then mm-hmm. they go do it again. Or, or people who work on nuclear power plants is another mm-hmm. example, uh, line workers, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um so the questions then become, okay, well, how do we work maybe with the unions to promote mm-hmm. this? Or how do we get um, people who have the product uh, referring other customers? Mm-hmm. And we could talk about affiliate marketing because we do a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's there's just there's so much to that question, but mm-hmm. that's what I found has been kind of the journey so mm-hmm. far is get us to the people who know they need it show people they need it mm-hmm. and then find people you didn't know right. who needed it. And that's right. kind of where we're at mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Does it have to be an RV or can it be more of a trailer? And, and, you know, as you were going through your, your list of, of places that might use it, one of the things that popped into my head are schools that use kind of trailers to uh, have extra classrooms. Um, so they're, that's not a, uh, it's, you know, it's certainly mobile. It's on wheels, but it's not designed to be going from place to place. It's a great question. Um, that is absolutely a great application for the product. Mm-hmm. And a cool okay, idea I that I have thought of. You, you will get one. <laughs> um, uh, and then we have other things. So pretty much any structure that's elevated off the ground has this problem. Right. If air can get under it and the piping is underneath, you're mm-hmm. going to have this problem. You're going to be losing heat mm-hmm. freezing pipes. So there's uh, a good content. I mean, people who are in tiny houses, if you have a tiny house mm-hmm. on wheels, mm-hmm. that is it's essentially the same thing as an RV, mm-hmm. um, but you know it applies to them as well. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about the movie sets, not traditional mm-hmm. RVs, but certainly the product applies to mm-hmm. them. Um, so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the only one I don't really go into that fits the model, but I don't think fits the product is mm-hmm. mobile homes. Right. Um, and the reason that I don't think mobile homes work, mm-hmm. the, the product will work on mobile homes, mm-hmm. but mobile homes are not actually mobile. 
So right. uh, once you drop a mobile home, it's mm-hmm. very unlikely that you're going to move it. Um, mm-hmm. It's very expensive to move. So mobile mm-hmm. homes are really just homes that you drop, um, and they still are a little right. And most of the time, they build more of a structured type of enclosure. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And so for that reason, there are some things that don't work, but I would say for the most part, any structure that's elevated off the ground, whether it's an RV, a tiny house, a food truck mm-hmm. at a movie set or a dressing room, mm-hmm. um, it'll work for any of those. Right. You know, and, and the nice thing about the product is since it's air, you know, the ground doesn't have to be 100% level, you know, and, and anybody who's been in any type of RV, unless you're going into the established campground where you're on asphalt, concrete, whatever, the ground very well may not be level, um, you know, and, and so with air, it can adapt to that. You're making this really easy on me. <laughs> you can t- yeah, you I'll be this. honest. I grew up, you know, when, when I was little, my parents had a camper, they had several different ones. And, you know, and, and we would take off and go for a, a, a month every summer. Um, you know, so that's where I'm a little bit more familiar with this. Now, I haven't yeah. been in a camper for a really long time, but yeah, I remember, I mean, even then it was, it was cold. It was dread. My feet got cold. Um, yeah. You know, now it was the summer, so we never had to worry about things freezing, but it did get cold. It also got hot. And that's the other yeah. thing is air is a good insulator against heat. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because people, and this is a cha- an ongoing challenge that I have where the business is, is highly seasonal. And it might be interesting to your uh, listeners to talk about that a little bit because I think this is a common challenge. Um, it, it's just dealing with highly seasonal businesses. But to your point, um, air is a great insulator and, and people that sounds counterintuitive to people they're mm-hmm. like how can air be an insulator but if you think of double, about a double pane window mm-hmm. uh, all that is is air acting as an insulator right. and that mm-hmm. the the key thing is that it's trapped air mm-hmm. and so with the air skirts tubes we have trapped air acting as a natural insulator mm-hmm. plus we have both sides of the tube or very heavy duty tarpaulin pvc material mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, your point about conforming to uh, a graduated campsite, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely spot on. Also very hard to accomplish with some of the other methods. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the parallel to that on the underside of the trailer, that can also be uneven. So we might have things like drain valves protruding right. mm-hmm. or tanks. And, and so the tubes can conform up and around those areas as well. So making it pretty versatile in that right. respect. Well, and then the nice thing is, you know, you, you fold them up, you do, you know, you deflate them, I guess would be the proper term. Mm-hmm. Um, and you move on to the next uneven area, um, yeah. you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and as you said, you know, we've seen the ones where people have, you know, I, I remember plywood. For some reason, that was something that was really popular for a while was people use mm-hmm. plywood. Um, and that works in that place. Yep. You know, the second you start to to put it on some other place, it's it's no longer going to work. And so then it's just not pretty. And, yeah. and you know, it, it, even if it's still working, part of this is you want something that is pretty. One of my customers, he's actually a good friend of mine as well. I and mean, one of our very first customers, um, his first couple seasons in his Airstream, he or his first season, he built the whole thing. He went, he said it took him, I think, three or four trips to Lowe's and three full days of work to build his perfect skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of and the season, perfect was the key word there, right? 
it actually looked pretty good, <laughs> relative speaking. Like it wasn't that pink, pink panther styrofoam that you'll see on. Or the the siding that said Lowe's, Lowe's, Lowe's. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he did it. He did a very nice job. It was shiny. It matched the airstream, uh, and I, I compliment him on that. Mm-hmm. But then he, at the end of all that, he's like, "Man, I put all this work into it. Now I have to move site." So he puts all his stuff in a storage unit, mm-hmm. and he doesn't think about it again until the next year. And then he realizes over the course of that amount of time, he spent twelve hundred dollars on that storage. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then for nothing because mm-hmm. now he's at a different site mm-hmm. and he has to recut everything because the ground's a little bit different. It's mm-hmm. not quite the Because even at a good RV park, the sites are not going to be perfectly right. level mm-hmm. unless they're concrete pads. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the only way you're going to have a perfectly mm-hmm. level site. So I don't know. It's just a little anecdote, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's um, it's interesting how how many people have this struggle and they get invested into the solution, whatever it is, so much so that they're willing to put it away in storage. Uh, and this guy's an engineer; like mm-hmm. he, he's putting away. In storage, no wonder it was Zio. Yeah, he really did think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but once I showed him, and, and I actually met him before this was ever a company, so he's he's known us from the very beginning. He was a beta tester. He was. He really was. Um, once I showed him, he just clicked, and he's like, "I need that right now, and you need to start selling these." He was one of my first advocates, which right. was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it, it, what I love is that it's you know it's it's easy. Um, you know, that especially because uh, there's there's a lot of you know as you said, a lot of people who are working who are driving their RVs around. So that's probably going to be a little bit younger. But this is also a demographic where folks are, shall we say, a little bit more mature. And so, you know, to just be able to to plug it in and let it blow up you know, is, is pretty easy for most people to do. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and actually, it leads me to another thought, which is a, a little bit of a diversion. Uh, but speaking of our demographic um, and it being easy for them mm-hmm. we talked a little bit before about extending camping seasons mm-hmm. uh, as I'm, I'm sure you probably know but I'll I'll say it for everyone who's not as familiar with the RV lifestyle it is there is a there are a lot of people who are retirement age um, using RVs right they are done with their careers maybe they sell their house or they hang on to it but they put everything in storage and they get an RV and they see the country which is a wonderful thing to do um, you know, America is a absolutely incredibly beautiful country. Um, our national park system is an absolute treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing about air skirts for retirement age people, and that, that constitutes about almost half of our customers, mm-hmm. believe it right. or not, mm-hmm. is what happens when they have family who live somewhere cold. Mm-hmm. And this was especially prevalent with COVID, which we can talk about if you want to, but I'm happy to because it did have a huge impact on our business. But they've gotten their RVs, but now, um, so with COVID, it was a lot about quarantining an RV. Mm-hmm. But if, if I'm retirement age and I want to go spend Christmas or maybe even months and months at my uh, my kid's house and be with my grandchildren and stuff, mm-hmm. how do I but do that? But not be in their house. That's exactly. the key. <laughs> yep. Yep. So there's a, there's actually a term for that called mooch docking, and I, ah. I won't get into why it's called that. But you're um, using their so, power, their water. Yes, I get it. Yes, I get yep. it. <laughs> yeah. But so for you know, so for retirement age folks, um, ease of installation. Well, we don't even call it installation. We call it setup. Is really important. 
-hmm. right? And for people who are moving around a lot, it's also really important. Our system sets up in 20 to 30 minutes Mm -hmm. um, and it breaks down in the equivalent amount of time. Now, if you were doing styrofoam, turn that 20 or 30 minutes into two or three days, you can see kind of how significant Mm -hmm. of a difference it is. It is a complete barrier to entry Mm -hmm. for people who are only staying for a short amount of time. Do it every day if you were, yeah. were were traveling like that. Yeah, and I tell people that like we uh, there are a lot of ski resorts that are adding RV sites, mm. right? Because more and more people have RVs. So mm-hmm. um, again, for your audience who, who may not be familiar with the industry, uh, in following COVID, the industry new unit sales have gone up like I think 40 or 50% year over year, Mm -hmm. which is a tremendous Mm -hmm. amount of new units, Mm -hmm. Um, tens of thousands of new RVs, right? Or or maybe more. I'm not Mm -hmm. quite sure what that equals out to. Um, So anyway, yeah, this is applicable to a lot of people. And uh, for whether it's retirement age people or people who are bopping around from ski resort to ski resort, that uh, the quickness of it and the non-permanence of it are really important Mm -hmm. features. Right. You know, and, and as you said, I think COVID really did have a huge impact because people, people wanted out of the cities. <laughs> you know, hey, let's just leave the cooties behind. Um, you know, it was a, an easy way, you know, fairly easy way to quarantine. Um, but, you know, I think it, it comes back to that being mobile thing. And I think so yeah. many people thought, you know, I don't have to be in this house. You know, I want to go see people, especially when, you know, there were tragedies. You know, they, they wanted yeah. to be able to, to go in and see them. And it, it always is amazing to me when I see the prices of RVs. You could buy a house for, yeah. you know. But, you know, the, the cool thing is you're, you are, in essence, especially if you're living in it full time, you are buying your house. It just moves. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so, and, and, you know, I, I have a, the, the other, in my other life, we show dogs. Very strange world, I know. Um, but we only, you know, we only do it every once in a while. Um, you know, and and but we have friends that that is what they do full time, mm-hmm. and so they have the big RVs that, and they just go from place to place to place. And I keep thinking, you know, this would be something. See, I've given you another market. Um, you know, it's that would one be one we're thinking about actually. Yeah. yeah. You know, so and, we and, well, and and of course the thing is the the way it fits, you know, and and here I'm going to do your marketing for you. You need to make sure that the dogs can't get anywhere, you know, that it's it's keeping them because they're going to put their puppies out, they're going to put their dogs out, and then they put another little fence around. It's very cool how they do this, but you know, one of the issues has always been that the dog gets away because it somehow gets under the trailer and then goes out the yep. other side. Um, and that's uh, so great mm-hmm. that you bring that up because that is a new mo- a new market we're moving mm-hmm. into um, with new products, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have customers who buy these the current product just to prevent their dogs from going under the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's huge. Um, I do think it's worth... Uh, talking about your remarks on COVID a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's not as much, I mean, there's still a ton of media attention on COVID, but in light of other current events, you know, there's this, it's kind of Fortunately, mentality. Fortunately, it's kind of dying down. Yes. Um, but Knock I think on wood. Important- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think the thing is great. I'm so happy that 
COVID is dying down. But I think what's really important in the conversation about COVID, how it impacted my business and other people's businesses, is that it has fundamentally changed the way we work. And I think it's done that permanently. Mm-hmm. So um, with COVID, as I'm sure you know, a lot of companies went completely remote and a lot are staying completely right. remote or giving mm-hmm. people that option. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be competitive in the workplace without offering mm-hmm. remote work as an option mm-hmm. now. Um, so I don't. I think that's here to stay, and I think the changes relative to the RV market. While I don't think it's going to continue to see the same tremendous growth that it has, um, I think it's just going to be a bigger market now because there are more people out there in uh, who are knowledge workers who can do this and they can travel full-time and work mm-hmm. remotely and now they have an rv because they bought right. one because they couldn't go to paris with their family for the mm-hmm. summer during COVID, so they bought mm-hmm. an rv instead yeah. mm-hmm. and everything sort of just gels mm-hmm. together and they go wait a minute mm-hmm. i can work i can go to yosemite and then i can go to an rv park mm-hmm. and i can work and then i can go to grand tetons mm-hmm. and then i can go to utah again and- wherever i have internet mm-hmm. And it's a better quality of life, right? Like you're not commuting every day. It's not the same daily grind. And it's really appealing to people. And you use that term digital nomad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I, That lifestyle was always appealing to me. And I think more and more people is just becoming possible for, um, which is just such a fascinating, good side effect that happened from such a terrible and devastating thing. Right. right. You know, and so many people learned, you know, that if they have kids who are in school, you know, they spent at least six months, if not longer, with them at home. Yeah. So again, you pile them in the trailer and away you go, um, you know, or the, the RV. And, you know, I think it, it's funny, years ago, you know, long before COVID was, you know, it was probably like COVID-2. I always remind people, you know, it's COVID-19. That means there were 18 other. Um, but, you know, long ago, I was, I interviewed a gentleman for the program specifically about being a digital nomad. And he had small kids. And he said, you know, this is the greatest thing in the world. We are taking them to places and being and staying for a long time so that they can truly immerse in whatever it is. You know, maybe it is a national park. Maybe it's an archaeological site. I mean, all of these things. And he said, I work where I have internet. He said, I have yeah. a satellite dish. I can get internet pretty much anywhere. Um, and and he said, you know, this is, he said, now he realized at some point, more than likely his kids were going to want to do sports, music, things like that. So, you know, they were going to have to, to set down roots. But he just, you know, he said it was the greatest thing in the world for them to do this, especially with their small kids. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned internet because that's such a common struggle with RVers. And I, we don't need to get into this, but I, I just want to say that Starlink is such a game changer. Right. Oh, yeah. um, so we have the it, technology, right? Mm-hmm. Lower, uh, low orbit satellites to bring mm-hmm. internet anywhere in the world. And, you know, talk about bringing internet to somewhere like Ukraine that really needs it. Right? It's, it's right. just so incredible. Mm-hmm. It's going to make this lifestyle um it's very close to already doing it possible for anyone, right? right. Internet, anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. anywhere where you can see the sky, mm-hmm. which is anywhere, mm-hmm. um, right. where you can get a clear view of the, a satellite, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get internet. So that's huge. Right. Um, a bit of a deviation from our topic, but just mm-hmm. something I'm super, well, I think it's super cool and very passionate about. It is. You know, it, it's funny. I have a friend who, at the start of this year, sold his house and he and his wife went on this nomad life. And it's funny, I texted him earlier today and I said, oh, oh, guess who I'm going to be talking to. Um, and part now their goal is to find a place where they can finally decide where they're going to retire. 
And so what they're doing is they're spending a month, two months in various places so that they can Mm -hmm. truly check out the areas, whether it's around their kids, whether it's, you know, a place like, say, Tennessee that doesn't have state income tax. I mean, all sorts of things. And, you know, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than a hotel or even an Airbnb, things like that. And, you know, the technology thing was one of the things that he was really investigating because he, you know, they both still work, so they needed internet. Um, But he said one of the cool things is, you know, now you sign, once you have the internet issue solved, pretty much everything else is solved. He said, because they signed up for YouTube TV you know, all these other things. And, you know, and, and, and then there were things like, you know, you, you also need somewhat a, a physical address. You know, I tell people IRS wants to know where you live, (laughs) right? They might be the only entity that wants that. Um, And some people use a family member, things like that, but he found a digital one where, you know, the, the mail goes and, you know, and, and all sorts of things. So there's so many new things that have come about in the last, you know, five, 10 years, but, it, but really in the last two years, you know, that this is one of those areas where, yeah, it was a big, profound tragedy, but those who went, Ooh, <laughs> you know, have, have definitely benefited from it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much to what you just said. I could probably talk about that topic for a whole nother hour, just right. about internet, honestly. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much that goes into making this lifestyle possible, but we're there. We're basically there. So, and it's, it's so liberating and, and just amazingly cool for people. And, and another thing I'll say, you mentioned when we were talking prior to the show that a lot of your audience or not a lot, but there's a percentage of your audience, um, it is a lot that is international. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to those folks, I would just love to say, because we touched on this briefly, um, when and if you visit us here in the United States, of course, we'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, please take advantage of what we're talking about mm-hmm. and go see our national parks mm-hmm. and go oh, see yes. our country mm-hmm. because it is out of this world. You go to Utah and you feel like you're on the face of Mars. That's just my little plug for the U.S. National Park System. (laughs) That's one of those, long ago I saw you, I'm sure I saw it on Facebook, the driving tour where you would hit every national park, right? You know, and and, and I'm fortunate that my husband really likes doing things like that too. I just grew up doing that. My dad was uh, with the, what at that point was known as the Division of Wildlife. So things like that were just always, you know, ingrained in me. But, but yeah, there you know, there's there's fairly easy ways to be able to drive from and and then I love it because you can match that with temperatures. I saw somebody that posted that too. Yes. So if you want to hit every national park and have an average temperature of, <laughs> you know, and I thought now that's pretty cool. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Chasing seventy degrees right. is uh yeah yeah for sure. Yeah, you know, and and it is. You know, obviously there's expenses, you know, you don't stay in RV parks for free. Um, you know, now if you're in your, your kid's driveway, they don't have an HOA, you know, you can, you can probably be okay there for a while as you call mooch, mooch, what was mooch staying? Mooch docking. Mooch docking. Yes. yes. You know, you can do that, but, um, you know, it's, there, there are obviously expenses, um, (laughs) but the benefits are just absolutely phenomenal also to, to be having this digital or this, uh, uh, nomad life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much to say about it, but it's a, it's a, uh, I thought you were going to say digital renaissance. I don't think that would be too far off. I think we've, you know, uh, it, it just in terms of the way we work um, and the way we interact with each other, this has just been such a game changer. Right. 
Well, and let's be honest. I mean, you know, 100, 150 years ago, people were very mobile. You know, they, sure. they just packed up and moved, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's been obviously much more recent where we had to have these big houses with all of our stuff. And, and that is, that's the one drawback that I, because I think this would be fabulous. I just, you know, you can tell, I think this is the coolest thing in the world, but I wouldn't have my stuff (laughs) and you sold most of your stuff. I mean, that just, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you keep the things that mean something to you and put them in storage and everything else you realize, did I really need that? And it's shocking how little you really did. That's what I found for sure. Yeah. 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 My friend that just started doing this in January, one of the things that, you know, and, and he, he posted a lot about it on Facebook and it, it was just, and he still does, you know, it's just fascinating. You know, like when you go through the cupboards, you know, how many little plastic containers that may or may not have lids that fit or just random lids, how many of those do you have and how many do you need? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I've got like five frying pans. Do I really need five frying pans, right? Mm-hmm. I've got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yep. know, or you have an electric skillet, which is going to do yep. all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know, and and um and you know and and the cool thing is, obviously, with with other tech, like you know, our computers have gotten smaller, our monitors have gotten smaller, much more portable type of of things. Um, you know, and and so it does make this life just much easier. Yeah. Then for air skirts, what a lot of that turns into is how do we enable that? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we enable that lifestyle? Because mm-hmm. that's really what the product is for is, mm-hmm. is to enable people to be in their RVs in varied climates, whether it's extreme right. cold or extreme hot. So below mm-hmm. 32 degrees or above 90, mm-hmm. this product is a, I think a game changer. And um, the fact that <laughs> we're doing it and people are doing it and we're making it happen is just, so gratifying as a business owner uh and as a human being mm-hmm. um that yeah it's just it's just a wonderful feeling i love it you know and it is i think it's it's a market that is clearly going to continue to grow um you know especially as as little baby boomers are and i know you're not anywhere near that um but as my generation starts going okay we're retiring early now what you know, we're, it's, you know, we, we, you know, we don't want to be in the big house with all of the maintenance and the, all of that. But we also don't want to be in a community, you know, and, and so, you know, RV life really is something that I think is, is going to grow more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, that's interesting. I think that will bring rip about a continued boom in sales for sure. Right. Yeah. So tell us about some, you know, you, you, you know, have there been kind of hitches along the way and, and issues sure. that you've had to deal with. Sure. Yeah. I mean, probably a lot of the ones are the same ones that any business deals mm-hmm. with. Um, as I'm sure, you know, Deb hiring right now is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Getting qualified people is very right. difficult. They talk about the great mm-hmm. resignation and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff. So, so there's and always you do have a aspect. product that has to be put together and, and made. Which is totally new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, coming from zero, manufacturing distribution background and only from software i messed a few things up uh i hired i hired the right people Mm -hmm. but i hired overqualified people in a lot of cases which Mm -hmm. is great because they've they've Mm -hmm. done so much other stuff Mm -hmm. that it's worked Mm -hmm. out uh but yeah i mean there are so many things that are Mm -hmm. different in this kind of business uh than there are in my background that there were a lot of hurdles so Mm -hmm. 
there are hurdles with product development, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do we get the product just to, to the right point where it's really commercially viable? Mm-hmm. How do we iterate on the product, mm-hmm. get customer feedback, build the right thing? How do we create new products? Right. Um, in terms of, you know, larger level snafus, it really had a, a kind of quantifiable impact on the business supply chain issues, Mm -hmm. um, particularly in COVID were Mm -hmm. like for every other business uh, had an impact on us. And unfortunately there's not much you can do to control that. Mm -hmm. You just kind of have to hope it changes, Mm -hmm. which it has been. Um, It's been changing very much for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying to think of what other significant challenges we had. I I would guess just trying to figure out inventory would be one of the hardest things. You know, because, you know, now granted, it's, you know, based on what I'm seeing on your website, it's like we said, it's a series of different size tubes, but figuring out how many you need of each without having a whole boatload of a certain size just sitting in the warehouse. And then all of a sudden you need a whole bunch of another size. You know, it's not like you just take your little handy dandy pocket knife, like you said, and, and make them shorter. You know, inventory, especially with a brand new product, you know, how do you figure that? I mean, it's, it's a guess. I mean, I I think it's interesting that you honed in on probably our biggest problem (laughs) (laughs) that I I neglected to bring up. So uh, I have tried every inventory management software out there. I'm not satisfied with any of them. So I'm actually, um, as we go into our off peak season building from scratch, our own inventory management software. And part of what it will do is do the predictive analytics that we need to know what we need to make and when we need to start making it Mm -hmm. because that's a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. So I just had to get another warehouse. So we have three warehouses now just to handle all the inventory Mm -hmm. we have. Um, And it's not a bad thing to have that much inventory, Mm -hmm. but like you said, it's about having the right inventory, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, And there's costs associated with that. You know, there's Mm -hmm. obviously storage space and, and all of those things. And, and, but it's also, you know, this is one of those products, I'm guessing, that when somebody goes to the website, calls you, does whatever, and places an order, they don't want to be told it's on back order. You know, unless it's yeah. maybe just a couple of days. Because sometimes, yeah. it, you know, like you said, you have people who come up and say, we want this now. That is actually our biggest challenge. And, that ha- and, and so that's one of the challenges, I think, that's just built into bootstrapping a business, mm-hmm. right? Um, so without putting millions of dollars of capital in mm-hmm. pre-manufacturing, right. um, a lot of what we had to do was the first year it was make to order. The second year it was make ahead of time, but still have a lead time. Mm-hmm. And that's why we decided that in 2022, we have to raise capital because um, we need to put, I, I think probably our biggest challenge in 21, which was a mm-hmm. amazing year. We did almost mm-hmm. three times my projection. Wow. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. I think we could have done another 30% more business if we had been able to mm-hmm. ship and fulfill faster. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that just has to do with how do we get the dollars to do mm-hmm. the stuff ahead of time mm-hmm. and way ahead of time mm-hmm. um, so that we're also cutting down on things like getting raw materials shipped. Like, how do you get them shipped to you? What's the slowest, cheapest way? Right. Um, yeah, so so that's yeah. You you really honed in on a couple of key issues uh, that I didn't think to bring up, but um, you know, if I went back and said last year, do I wish I had taken on investment then? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but the time is right for it now mm-hmm. because inventory um, and everything that goes into a seasonal business, uh, you need to have that. You need to find a way to 
what's the word I want, sort of distribute mm-hmm. some of that operational cost. Mm-hmm. And and managing that stuff is difficult. Um, so uh, building tools for that now to make it better. Right. You know, and, and I can imagine that, you know, it, now that you have a proven product, it is easier to get investors. Um, you know, it's okay to convince your brother, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, you know, but when you're, you know, and, and, but when you're trying to convince someone else, because, you know, it, it, whether they're investing a hundred dollars or, you know, lots and lots of money, they want to know that it's not just going down a rat hole. Um, sure. They want to see in a return. And, you know, and, and so, you know, you, you're in your third year. What's five years from now? You're going to have multiple facilities throughout the United. What are you going to? What's what do you see as as your long range plan? Put on that hat to your investors. What's next? Yeah, yeah. So new products is is I think the biggest thing, right? So we're going to expand beyond what we offer right now. So we have some really cool stuff in the works. Um, we haven't finished the patent application, so I can't. I, you know, we're not ready to disclose, but they are. Yeah, right. really, really cool stuff. Um, but I think within five years, uh, you know, I, I I've been building this business business to exit at some point. So I think there's probably a natural progression where this gets acquired by right. either, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, some sort of distributor mm-hmm. or aftermarket parts manufacturer, or RV manufacturer or something right. like that. But mm-hmm. it'll still be a business, of course. And I think what it'll be servicing is a broader range of people through a variety of products that have mm-hmm. to do not only with RV climate control, mm-hmm. they, they will have to do with RV climate mm-hmm. control. But like we talked about pets, that's a huge one. And and there's so many things um, that we can offer mm-hmm. that I think broadening the scope of what we offer and then broadening the reach. Um, and so Canada's a, a big market. We sell to Canada right now, but we don't have locations in Canada. And let's be honest, shipping has been questionable. Oh, it's a- <laughs> I would use the term nightmare, but we can say questionable. Um, yeah. So, you know, in five years, yes, I think the operation will be probably 10 times bigger, right? Um, at the rate we're growing, it could even be bigger than that. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll just have a broader set of products and the same incredibly happy customer base that we have now, which is extremely rewarding. And, you know, we'll we'll see what's next. I love it. I love it. Well, we do only have a couple minutes left, and this is is great. I hope we have you on again when you're at that next stage so that we can talk about that. I think that would be great fun to, to be able to catch up and, and tell us more about what, what's come next. Hopefully, it's not five years from now. Hopefully, it's you know a couple of years at the very most. Sure. But until then, how do people connect with you, and, and how do they find out more about your product? I'd love it if your listeners would visit our website at airskirts.com. Uh, you can reach us at, uh, it's an easy one to remember. I I, uh, I like dorky little things like this. So if you call 833-4-SKIRTS, um, which is 833-475-4787, um, but really the website's the best source of material. And there's now. videos, like I said, and all sorts of great information. Yep, absolutely. And so for folks that are interested in the product, that's a great place to start. We also, for people that are interested in investing, uh, we have a profile on Fundable. Uh, people are welcome to get in touch with me directly if they have an interest in that, jim at airskirts.com. Um, and then, of course, we're on social media and all over the internet. So there's all all manner of ways to kind of look and see what we have. Mm-hmm. Great. I love it. I love it. Well, it looked like I interrupted a train of thought. Was there something nope. that you wanted to add? Okay. Nope. We are good. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, this this really has been fascinating um, because the marketer in me that, that you know, as, as we said at the very start, where it was you saw a need and you filled it. 
Um, you know, and, and, and you took your time. I mean, you know, I think that's the, the other issue that a lot of business people have is they, they try and speed up that process for, you know, many reasons and, and you're doing it in a very well thought out, very planned way. Yeah. 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 We're, we're trying to be as deliberate as possible, Mm -hmm. uh, and then move into, into more rapidly scaling in the coming years here Mm -hmm. for sure. Right. Well, because you've worked through a lot of those kinks, even as you expand products, Mm -hmm. you, you know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, do you have any final thoughts for everyone? Well, I just think, you know, we talked about a lot of different things. Uh, Deb, I appreciate how easily and intuitively you grasp the concept. Um, I would love for anybody uh, who this is not obvious to you, who maybe hasn't been in RVs to check. We have a two minute video on our website called Air Skirts Explained. And it does a pretty good job, as you mentioned, of, of demonstrating the product. And for the entrepreneurs in the crowd, I would say uh, just keep at it. It's, it's worth it. It's really worth it. And particularly if you're doing something that improves people's lives, I think you're going to get so much value and, and just hope and joy out of doing that. that. That's probably the most important thing in life, right, is, is doing something we're passionate about. Um, so, so more so than making money or anything else that I could talk about that is relevant to other entrepreneurs, I would say um, if you find an opportunity to do something you love and that will help people, it's, it's just the most fulfilling, rewarding feeling that I've known. And it's cooler than computer software in a lot of ways. Cool. I love it. I love it. And what a great thought to, to leave on. So I am Deb Creer. I've been talking with Jim Phelan of Air Skirts. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.